This podcast is a TWTT production. Hi, everyone. Simone here. This is the last episode of TWTT, the podcast for 2023. With that, we thought it would be fitting to bring in two people that are a very important part of TWTT, the project. They're both part of TWTT translation team. Of course, regular podcast co-host Maki Tanaka is one of those members as well. But we thought tonight we would also bring in Christopher Hughes and Harold Durop, who have both played a huge role in TWTT, the project for this year. Harold and Chris are no strangers to the TWTT community. But for those who don't know, they're both based in Tokyo, Japan. Chris Hughes is a fellow podcaster over at Sake On Air. He's also a WSET educator. He wears many hats when it comes to promoting sake. Harold Durop, by day, works in a job that has absolutely nothing to do with sake, but as soon as he clocks off, his whole world is about sake. He's a great sake advocate and a great sake friend to many. We're really excited to have Chris and Harold join us for the final TWTT podcast episode of 2023. Before we kick off this end of year wrap, we'd just like to give a big thank you to all of our listeners and to everybody who supports TWTT, the podcast and the project. And for the final time this year, I'd like to say, stay safe, be kind, and keep enjoying sake. Let's enjoy sake, hot or cold. Let's enjoy sake all together with you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 and the final episode of TWTT, the podcast for the year 2023. My name is Simone Maynard from Melbourne, Australia, and joining me is Maki Tanaka from Tokyo and Julian Hausman from Osaka, and we are going to have our final Saka conversation for the year as far as this podcast goes. So Maki, Julian, hello, guys. How are you? Maki, you're back in, in Tokyo, obviously. We missed you. Last episode when we featured Sake Tours, Etsko and Jason, which actually was one of your ideas when we first had the concept of doing this uh, this podcast. So it was great to interview the two of them, but we did miss you. Um, how are you? How have you been? You've been doing a little bit of uh, Sake travel, I believe. Yes, I'm back in Tokyo. I've been, I was traveling in northern Japan. That was really cold in Akita, snowy Akita. And then went all the way to um, via Fukushima to Shiga. So it feels really warm now in Tokyo. Yeah, not quite as warm as it is here in Melbourne. Um, <laughs> of course, uh, it's an audio podcast, but we're sitting here looking at Julian in his beanie while I'm sweating from bits that I didn't realise I had. Julian, how are you? Very well. As you said, like, yeah, a little bit cold, but but otherwise all good. Yeah. yeah. So are we in Kanzake uh, weather yet? I have been doing it a bit, but as, as I've... You know, anyone who knows me has heard me mention before, I'm notoriously lazy for doing it at home. I'll do it a lot when I go out. Um, but I'm, yeah, I, and I have, I have done it a few times at home because my favorite time of, of, of winter, my favorite part of winter rather is, is having Orden um, at home with Kanzaki is just, for me, is just one of life's golden pleasures. So that's, that will motivate me to do, to do Kanzaki at home. But otherwise, yeah, I don't, I should do Kanzaki more at home. I'll do it a little bit, but I'm, very lazy. I like to leave it to the staff at a, at a bar to do it for me for most <laughs> most of the time. We might have to bring Philip Harper back and uh, inspire you to to crank up the uh, <laughs> the kanzake. That, that reminds me, actually, now that you mention it, I was at a little event the other day, um, and uh, they were part of the this event was they passed around the sake and they left it to different tables to like heat up their own sake, and it was quite cold. This was in in Kobe. And some of the other people there were, everyone was kind of wary of each other and not wanting to overheat it. And it was, you know, because everyone was, not everyone was friends and not everyone knew each other. And so people were saying, oh, should we stop it at 35? Should we stop it at 40? And I was the bold uh, non-Japanese person that said, crank it up to like 60 or 70 because, you know, I know some people that that recommend that and they were just like, no. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Philip Harper would be so proud. But yeah. <laughs> Philip Harper would be saying that's not hot enough. <laughs> I know. I was thinking that as well, but I was thought I'm not going to push it to 80 or something. Like that. That's just going to 
they won't believe me, but they it did go down well actually. Yeah, it, it went down well. People were surprised they had how good the sake that we had that at that event went down at, at those high temperatures. Yeah. And of course, um, that kind of is a great segue into our discussion tonight. So that's a that's a great little sake story. TWTT, the project started because we wanted to share sake stories with an audience. So tonight we're we're not it's not really a recap on 2023, but perhaps just uh, each of us are going to talk a little bit about something sake related that happened in 2023 and our reflection on that. So. Uh, without further ado, who would like to go first? Maki? So I've, I've taken notes. I was going through my album, photo album, to um, pick out some moments of my sake journey of the year. And literally the journey to Yamaguchi was, I think, one of the highlights. Simone and I went to Yamaguchi to meet up with Jim and um, visit three breweries, Yamazaru, Paka and Gokyo, and that was just delightful to hang out with Jim for the first time. And um, having read the book on Yamaguchi Sake, it was really nice to get to know um, the brewers there in their own environment. And um, all of them are really, really nice people. So, mm. and we had some um, fun train moments. <laughs> Yamaguchi has these little trains that I didn't know about, and they were so cute. Yeah, we laughed and we ate. A lot. We went to this delightful little diner with Jim that had a most unusual sake collection too. Uh, we had the, uh, what, what was it called? Kawarasoba, right? Kawarasoba? Yeah, Yamaguchi dish. Yeah. It was, um, you know, not the best dish you can have in the world, but it was it was fun. Well, fun. for those who don't know what kawarasoba is, I mean, it's it's served on a on a Japanese roof tile, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it comes out sizzling on this uh, Japanese roof tile, uh, or a replica of. It's, uh, it it was definitely an experience, and it's a it's a traditional dish that we were. I think, well, for me, I was the awareness was brought to me during the TWTT session with Gokyo, the first session that we did with them. And Nakama-san in the Nijukai actually started cooking it (laughs) and, 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 uh, yeah, kind of piqued our curiosity. So when Maki and I went to Yamaguchi, we decided to seek out a Kawara Soba place and uh, and try it. Yeah. Nakama-san was so nice. Um, He was, I think, um, out somewhere doing something, and he came back for us to um, give us the tour at the brewery and um, gave, like, what uh 15 bottles of gokyo to taste (laughs) yeah so while we were in yamaguchi of course as maki mentioned we we um went to gokyo and and nakama-san did come back early from his fishing trip and we did a brewery tour which we weren't expecting to do and the tasting initially looked like it was just going to consist of three or four sake and we were totally fine with that and we sort of got comfortable in the office and he wasn't drinking because he had to he he had his car there and he had to drive uh drive somewhere afterwards i think so uh, he ended up driving us to the station but yeah after after the first four sake which we thought that would be it he uh proceeded to bring out um, all these different types of ride and uh, one that had, that, that, that had been lost out the back for a while and was, uh, you know, unintentionally aged, which was actually quite delicious. And, um, yeah, we, we left there quite quite buzzed. <laughs> Did you have a, a, the range of ride or was it just one or two of them that you had there? Quite a range. Yeah. 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 Did you have, the, did you have the, the pink one? Yeah. And different vintages of the pink, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the pink was was the the one that we had the the current vintage or the most recent vintage, and then um, yeah, one that had sort of um, been left behind unintentionally and and aged for one or two years. I can't remember. I think so. The pink was actually yeah probably for as maybe one of my uh, standouts for the year. It was probably my biggest head scratcher of the year. That was like one of the sakes that for this year that I just couldn't quite get my head around. It was an yeah. interest interesting sake, but. Um, I need to revisit that, and because I like, I do like the ride range, but yeah, the, the pink one was was a bit of a struggle for me. It's, yeah. it's a very, very hard to pin down kind of what what it is and what it's supposed to be. But it would have been nice to to be there at the brewery and and, and talk to the brewer about that and get the get the skinny on what the, what the story is behind that sake because it's it's very unusual. It's funny you should say that because 
One of well, one of my highlights for this year was, of course, celebrating my birthday in Japan with the, the Tokyo TWTT crew. Um, but we went out the the night of my birthday for dinner with a, with a group of us, and um, I think Kathy ordered the the ride, the pink, and I tried a little bit of it, and I was too, Julian. I was kind of like, yeah, just not quite sure what this is saying to me, and mm. <laughs> whether I like it or I don't like it. I was certainly curious, and then going to the brewery and trying it there it was a completely different experience. And it's, you know, we've talked about this before, not just in the podcast, but also on the project regularly, how when you meet the brewer or depending on where you are, who you're with, you know, it just changes the experience of the of that same sake. So it was really quite, you know, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more mm. being in the brewery, having it with Nakama-san and then trying a different vintage of it as well. Um, but yeah, it really made a huge difference. So hopefully you get to do the same thing and go there imagine, and try yeah. and pick his brain a little about the ride series. Yeah. Maki, anything else to uh to reflect on before we hear what Julian's got to say? Um, and then in August, um, we had a gathering in Gashue in Ueno with Rumiko san. Mm-hmm. And quite a few TWTT uh members gathered there to um, have dinner and um, drink rumiko sake with her. And um, she got quite comfortable and she brought out her shamisen and sang for us. That's another highlight. Yeah. I think she just brightens up the room wherever wherever she goes, you know, even in the Zoom room. Um, it's always so wonderful. And she's been such a, a, a wonderful support to other brewers during the uh, TWTT project which this week saw its 126th session and Rumiko actually sent me a message because she was having some tech issues and couldn't join early enough to catch Kawana-san, who was our guest uh, this week, and apologised because she wanted to really be there to support a, you know, a fellow female Toji Kuromoto, uh, but apparently she made the Nijikai and I went to bed early on one Monday night, so I missed her. <laughs> but, yes, she's, she's just... Um, a bright star amongst the sake community, and she actually is is part of of my highlight. But I'll I'll talk a little bit about that later, Julian. I think maybe you can tell us what 2023 has meant to you when it comes to sake. Um, it's it's funny. I hadn't thought of it, but having just mentioned that, like Rumiko, Rumiko did make an appearance in my 2023 as well when I was at the Takashimaya department store uh, sake festival, which was the first time they'd had it since COVID, which is a pre- usually a pretty good, you know, event that they have. And I went there this year and I was, I was wandering around, the, you know, kind of snaking my way through the, the aisles. And I heard someone screaming my name across the, you know, across the room, kind of someone's like shouting out, Julian, Julian. And I was like, who is shouting my name out? I'm obviously <laughs> the only Julian there. And turned around, it was Rumiko-san over the other side of the room, like waving a hand furiously trying to call me over. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet. So when everyone said hello, so that was nice. To, nice that she spotted me all the way over the other side of the, the event and couldn't wait for me to get over there. But yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So things that happened this year, I, I, I have to be honest, I missed a lot. Like it was a bit of a shame because so many events came back and then just in terms of scheduling, I missed more than I really meant to. I was disappointed that I didn't get to go to as many things as I was hoping. So I haven't done many brewery visits or, um, didn't yeah like I said didn't get to as many events as I'd like to but in terms of uh you know just how the years panned out and you know some highlights or whatnot I guess my my sake discovery and which I guess is somewhat new and having just spoken to Maki about it before we started it's obviously not new to anyone this isn't a new sake or anything like that but my favorite new brand is uh this brand from uh Chiba Kinoene which is quite likely very familiar to lots of people in uh in the the Kanto, the eastern region, Tokyo region, um, I'm sure it's not as rare as it is here. But I feel like I've it's a it's a label that I've never really seen here in Osaka before. But I feel like it's I'm seeing it more often. Although as far as I can tell, there's only two sake shops that stock it, and they don't have a lot. But yeah, it's it's that's kind of been my sake discovery of the last um, few months, which has kind of stuck with me. And I did get a bottle of it for tonight. Not before I made the embarrassing mistake of going to the wrong sake shop. I, I remembered incorrectly where I bought it. And I went to a sake shop and was looking at the shelves. And the guy's like, are you looking for something? I was like, yeah, where's the kino in there? You've run out? And he's like, we don't stock that. And I was like, oh, wrong, wrong place. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then I had to buy a completely different sake because I didn't want to walk out in the empty-handed. So I bought something else and then then had to like 
try and remember where I actually bought it from and found the right sake shop. Um, so I'm drinking their, their Hatsushibori, their, you know, their fresh-pressed uh, sake for the year, their Jinmai Ginjo Namagenshu. And I, I really like this. It's, it's there's one of those kinds of sake that's, uh, for me, when I'm switching off my analytic uh, mode and I'm just drinking for my own personal pleasure, I like sake that has a bit of sweetness. I do like fruities fruity sweet um not like sick sickly uh dessert wine sweet level but i do like sake that has sweetness i don't like bone dry sake and this yeah this sake is plush and and fruity and juicy and it's, that's the kind of sake that i do like to indulge in when i'm not really thinking about stuff so kino in is my um you know off the top of my head is going to be my choice for the year my, my sake discovery like i said it's not probably not a discovery for a lot of other people that are more familiar with it or maybe closer to it and it's also fun to order in a restaurant because the the kanji that is used to write the the name Kino in it like nobody can ever read it so um it's always fun to order and see other people at the bar go what did you just order we didn't see that on the menu and it's like because no one ever recognized it. it's almost yeah i don't know anyone that's like read it straight off first go so um yeah that's kind of my my sake highlight for the year uh other things this year you know don't mention it too much but i uh edit over at uh, sake industry news with john gauntner and we just uh pulled in our 100th uh edition issue um last month which was a nice milestone milestone to hit this year mm. um so that was cool and yeah I've, I've done a few um mild kind of visits around town i've one of the things that i have done this year which more than others is i've been to nada in hyogo um Naragogo, like a number of times, maybe like four or five times in the year, which is a lot more than I would normally do. And it's kind of um, reinforced my uh, my feeling that, that Nada is like, I mean, obviously everyone knows about it. And it's like, it's not new to anyone. It's like, it's so big that you can't ignore it. But at the same time, it's so big that I think a lot of people do ignore it and kind of gloss over it and just think, oh, it's just where the big breweries are. And it's, it's not as interesting as all the microbreweries and the small places with, you know, and I... I, every time I go there, I get a little bit inspired. I really like going to Nada. It's it's um, there's such a vibe there as well, you know. And it is, of course, you know, a lot of the places are massively huge. The region itself is actually really making an effort to um, attract tourists and to promote sake. They're really trying. You know, I think it's a shame sometimes when people, for lack of a better expression, think they may be too cool to hang out in Nada and, and, and check out the big breweries and go to their tasting rooms and, and check out the museums and stuff. There's a lot of information there. There's a lot of things to learn about sake mm. um, by visiting Nada. And there's, needless to say, amazing breweries there. There's there's also the um, the side of Nada that a lot of people don't see of how how much support the, the big breweries that pr- provide to the industry as a whole um, in terms of research and development, um, helping other breweries, whether it be technical advice, you know, it's, it's one of those things that like, you know, brewery, other breweries don't talk about it themselves, but like there's a lot of breweries that send their brewers to, you know, to some of the big breweries for like a, you know, like a training session. And it's like, you know, go down to, to Hakutsuru or go down to Ozeki or whatever. And for example, a, you know, a brewery like Hakutsuru, they've got like 10 guys on staff that have Toji qualifications. And, mm. you know, they're just like overflowing with experience and knowledge. And sure. so some of these breweries, which people would probably never associate with these kind of mass producing sake breweries, there's these brewers visiting from these niche boutique kind of breweries and they're going into these places and getting work experience and, and learning from the big boys, um, lots of, you know, really valuable brewing lessons. And that's the kind of thing, of, it's one of the things that I think people don't see with Nada and they don't kind of think of it. So, yeah, that's, like I said, it's, I've, it's on the kind of top of my mind because I've been there more times than, um, than I usually have been. I'm going again next week. Yeah, for anyone that's out there and thinking and that's coming to Japan and, and thinking, well, you're thinking I'll skip Nada and go to some small boutique brewery in the middle of the countryside. It's like, you know, Nada is definitely not something to skip over. So there's a lot, a lot to see there. There's a lot to learn. And it's it's a good day out. It's, yeah. So, and very accessible too, really easy to get. Very accessible, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something, yeah, 20, 20, 30 minutes from Osaka and uh yeah, and then once you get there, you can just wander around, take a walk, and visit a whole bunch of breweries on foot. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's, it's good in times. Fact, when you get off the train, I think there's a there's a map in the station. Um, exactly. Yeah, so you can actually just do a, a walking tour and and fill your day with uh, with the with sake. There's the signs there. Most of the breweries have you know some level of English explanations. Yeah, and it's it's funny because like in this last year, 
you know, the amount of tourists visiting Japan has just exploded. Mm. Um, and they're, they're, you're seeing tourists in areas which you never saw before. But the funny thing is, and I've, I've talked to a couple of um, breweries in, in Nara, and they're, they're not getting smashed as much as I thought they would be. And they're also a little bit surprised that they're not getting as many tourists as they thought they would be. And it's a shame. Like I said, it's a shame because they're putting in the effort. You know, they're, they're trying. They're doing a lot of, like, English information and trying to make things accessible. But um, be nice to see more people checking it out, Yeah, I think. Yeah, for sure. We went there. Well, I went there during um, John Gortner's course in, in Tokyo, the the first year, level one. And, yeah, I loved it. It was great. And, yeah, just just really easy to get to because we all know a lot of breweries are very hard to get to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so definitely if you're listening and planning a trip to Japan, um, check out Nara in Hyogo. Gosh, I have so many highlights. <laughs> mm. I mean, I was saying to you guys before we started recording, you know, for someone who doesn't live in Japan, uh, you know, when I when I do go there, I try and jam pack my my trip and I certainly achieved that this year when I came over in February and March I came over for the JSS Academy which is quite funny I mean Julian I'm I'm gathering you're drinking Kinoine tonight not sure what Maki's drinking Maki what are you drinking this evening Inemankai Inemankai from Mukai Shuzon Kyoto which is a favorite of mine and that was a highlight from last year visiting their 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 brewery for me it's it's a festive um festive sake it is actually. I think I shared a bottle with my family last Christmas in honor of uh, my late father because it was the only sake I found that he really enjoyed. <laughs> we got there eventually. Yeah, this year I don't know. Oh, yeah, so I was over there for JSS Academy in February, uh, which was great. And I guess that's a segue for what I'm drinking tonight. For the first time, I'm not drinking sake <laughs> during the recording of our podcast. I'm actually drinking shochu, but it is from Chiyomasubi, who were a TWTT brewery for session 107. Um, and I'm drinking their rice shochu, their nekomata shochu, which I know Jim Ryan in Yamaguchi is a fan of. So funny you should have mentioned Yamaguchi and our trip with Jim. So it's all connected. And that, of course, was one of my highlights too, traveling to Yamaguchi with you, Maki. That was my first time visiting Yamaguchi Prefecture, meeting Jim for the first time, um, going to a few breweries. Of course, you know, the the tour at uh, Gokyo was incredible. The dinner we had with Jim and Takasan was amazing in this little restaurant that was like a four-seater that was in the, the guy's house who by day, I think, what was he, a dog groomer, and then by night, cooks this amazing food and serves this amazing sake. Just an incredible experience that, you know, had we had not uh, met Jim, we would never have known to go there. And uh, Maki, was it called Ki Restaurant? His Instagram is Ki Chimatsushiro. Oh, and my I'll God. That, I'll put that in yeah. the episode notes. So anyone anyone yeah. that's that's curious, uh, definitely, you know, if you can get there, I mean, it was an incredible experience. Um and definitely one of my highlights for 2023. But I visited 13 breweries wow. this, this year. <laughs> so as I said, I like to I like to pack it in. Uh, and I did that because, you know, I'm only there for a short amount of time. Um, I think I was there for just under four weeks this, this year. And so many highlights. I mean, it was great traveling with Cindy through Tochigi and Akita and, you know, going to Kodama Jozo. You know, having lunch in, in Tochigi at Tonoike Shuzo with Tonoike-san, who prepared this incredible lunch for us. Some really beautiful highlights, going, going looking at sake in caves, um, <laughs> sake in the snow. But I, I, I think if I had to name just one, there was one incredibly special moment, and they're all special, but there was one that, uh, and we go back to, of course, Rumiko-san, I didn't get to her brewery this year, but I did I did visit her brewery last year, and that was definitely a highlight for 2022. But I reached out to Rumiko when I was over there this year, and I said to her that I would really like to meet Akira Oze, uh, who, of course, wrote and illustrated Natsuko no Sake, the very famous manga series of uh, comics. And we did a session on TWTT with Akira Oze and also Rumiko-san, and we talked a little bit about the story and about the the parallels with that the book and also with Rumiko's journey and how that uh, that story inspired her to to do what she's doing now and to keep keep going and keep making sake even though her brewery was going through some really difficult times. And 
Rumiko-san had planned to come to Saitama. Uh, we were going to meet at Shinkame Shuzo, which is a brewery that I'm a huge fan of. Um, of course, Ogawahara-sensei was one of her mentors, mm. and he sadly passed away a few years ago, but his son-in-law has taken over the brewery and has taken on the family name, and he was happy for us to come and meet him, and he gave Cindy and I a tour of the brewery, which was incredible. We got to drink some fresh-pressed sake from the fune. Then Oze-sensei came to meet us and drink some sake with us and sign my copy, well, the first the first book of the series because I didn't want to bring them all in my suitcase. And Rumiko was going to meet us and it was going to be an incredible day. Uh, but sadly, she had a bit of a medical emergency. She she ended up having a detached retina and her husband messaged me the night prior, Maki, I was staying with you. And it, it was still very much like, oh, this has happened. She's in hospital, but, you know, she really wants to come. And it's like, please, please just, you know, just, just take care of yourself. And she messaged me the following morning saying how sorry she was. And of course, you know, we just wanted her to focus on, on her health. It would have been wonderful to have her there, of course, but it was a truly memorable day nonetheless. And um, Cindy, you know, it was great to share that moment with somebody and I'm so grateful that Cindy could come along and and enjoy that day. Of course, meeting Oze-sensei and Ogawahara-san and, and touring the brewery was great, but I think the, the thing that sticks out the most was looking at the photos of the brewery from the very early days and watching the two of them kind of reminisce uh, about old times and seeing photos of the, you know, the father or the father-in-law. And then they ended up taking us out the back and there was this storage area, which was very dusty, sort of full of lots of old bottles. Oze-sensei years ago had been in that area and in the dust on this tour bin, one of those big 18-litre glass bottles, He'd signed his name with his finger and mm. they cherished it. And so they've they've put all these kind of crates and bottles and everything in front of this 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 sort of dusty tour bin. You know, they were sort of like Ogoahara-san was like foraging to kind of like, you know, clear the way so that we could see it. And it was still there, clear as day. And Oze Sensei was really impressed that, you know, after all these years, what what he'd kind of, you know, signed in the in the dust was still there. You know, I didn't fully understand the story, but just, you know, I got the gist that, yeah, years ago he'd he'd come there and he'd kind of like like we would do, I guess, back in the school days, you know, we'd grab a, a texture and graffiti our name on a desk or a wall or something, you know, Simone was here. <laughs> so, yeah, that that was just a really cool moment, you know, just seeing that interaction between the two of them and and watching them share memories, even though they, for me there was a little bit lost in translation. You know, David Cheek, our good friend, often talks about Nihonshu-go, the language of, of Nihonshu or the language of sake, and and that's all we needed that day. You know, it was it was just really just a really beautiful way to spend a day and a really beautiful connection with people that you know everybody sort of brought something to the party and it was just just a really wonderful memory so I I think that would probably have to if I had to name one and there were so many Mm. that would be my one highlight for for 2023. That's pretty cool. Yeah so on that note I think we might actually introduce a new voice to TWTT the podcast and those who are part of the TWTT community and have joined the Zoom room uh, will know this guest. Um, Our guest is Chris Hughes and we've invited him on tonight to talk a little bit about his sake year of 2023 because he has been he's played a huge role in Taste with the Toji the project if it wasn't for people like Maki and, of course, Julian in previous sessions and and this year very much so Chris, Maki and Harold have held the fort for interpretation uh, and and allowed TWTT continue. Uh, we mentioned, Chris, that we were up to 126 sessions last night and you were the interpreter slash co-host for our session last night. So we wanted to invite you onto the podcast this evening to talk a little bit about your year in sake and if you have a highlight or something that you'd like to to tell the audience about. So firstly, welcome to the podcast. Lovely to have you with us. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I mean, as always, it's, uh, it's such a, a privilege and an honor to be part of the Taste with the Toji project. And there are so many great moments within that project that I've been involved with or haven't been involved with directly. We've 
met some amazing brewers again this year, as we do every year. But I guess you want me to sort of think outside the Taste with the Doji project for my moment, perhaps. Well, whatever moments. whatever the moment is that is forefront of your your mind, it doesn't have to be yeah. TT related. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't do a lot of I didn't do any brewery visiting this year, which is kind of unusual for me. I don't really know why either. I mean, it's not like I had a massive plan last year and I didn't sort of and things fell apart and I didn't go ahead with it. I don't know why. 2023 just became that year. But what I did do, what I haven't, what I hadn't been able to do for about four years, thanks to the will not be named uh, pandemic, I was finally able to get out of Japan. I was finally able to go and and uh, see the wider world and actually do that in a sake capacity, which was quite special. For those of the listeners that don't know, I did actually work, I have w- worked for a sake brewery sort of last year and, and the previous year. It was only a temporary thing. One of the things that right from the beginning would be decided that I would do would be that I would help them exhibit at Pro Wine in Dusseldorf. I'd never taken part in this event before, but I did know a little bit about it. I knew it was a, a wine exhibition and that it was mainly wine, uh, maybe other beverages as well, but that sake would be making appearance and it had made an appearance in the past. And uh, basically the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association, which of course I work with very closely um, on Sake on Air, for example, and other projects, they actually kind of purchased a space at the exhibition, and then they sort of rented it out to breweries. And one of the breweries that purchased a plot in that space was the brewery I was working for. So um, the brewery is uh, Kojima Sohonten, fantastic brewery in Yonezawa, uh, Yamagata. I don't know what it is in Yamagata and me, but we just seem to keep coming back to each other uh, because I worked in Yamagata, well, I worked for a brewery in Yamagata before that, uh, Tatenokawa. And um, it was great to have that opportunity again. And I just really, really, really enjoyed. And um, it's supposed to be work. Mm. And we were on our feet like for quite a long, you know, a, a long, it was a long day. There were long days. And we didn't get quite as many visitors as I think that exhibition is used to receiving simply because there was a strike in the city. All the public transportation was on strike. They didn't, they don't announce it in advance. They just decide like, like a few days before. And so it caught everyone by surprise and a lot of people canceled. They didn't come along, but we still had quite a few visitors. And the fact that I perhaps didn't have as many visitors as we were expecting did actually allow me to spend some time chatting to the other brewers that were there and just meeting some of the other uh, stars of the international stage, the Saki stage that were there. People I've not seen in absolutely ages that I worked with in London or I've worked with in some capacity online. Maybe I've never even met them. And another reason why I'm putting this as my moment is because it's thanks to that event that I was able to connect with uh, Hikami Shuzo, who make the brand Nanakamba, who we had on Taste with the Toji this year. And I don't think I would have connected with them if it wasn't for that event, Mm. uh, even though I knew of them. Mm. So yeah, it it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was Germany, of course, right? So uh, I actually saw a little bit of the sake industry in Germany and Europe as well. And I'm, I feel sort of quietly, secretly encouraged about, you know, the future for sake and how it's going to perform on the international stage. I know there are people more involved in the export scene than I am. But just having this little glimpse just gave me a little bit of encouragement. It is definitely growing. Uh, understanding about sake is definitely growing. I don't see the same, I didn't see the same misconceptions that I was used to when I was working in, in London. And it was also nice to see so many breweries that you perhaps don't normally attend those kind of events as well. I was a little surprised by which breweries actually turned up. There was some kind of, oh yeah, I knew you would be here, but there was some smaller breweries. I thought, oh, good on you. You know, uh, a bit of sort of investment, a bit of, you know, I think a worthwhile investment as well. Yeah. Who who were the audience were they the industry people or was it open to general public as well so we had a mix actually we had obviously a lot of industry uh, industry people people who are going to the event to perhaps pick up new brands new products to sell now in the case of sake i don't know but definitely for wine mm-hmm. for sake it's probably that they had some time and they could sort of they wanted to check out what else was was there we did definitely uh, well the brewery i was working for we already had a few kind of meetups uh, set up. People that we knew were going to come to the booth that we already sell to, we already sell through, 
or people who were in who were, we already knew had interest in the brand because they contacted us. One of my roles in the brewery, and one of the reasons why they took me on, was for me to sort of cold call other suppliers, other potential suppliers around Europe, and see if we could maybe set up a, a meeting there, you know, to have a little kind of to introduce the brand and see if they might be interested. But um, yeah, it was a nice mix. There was people, uh, so there was people from the industry, like I said, uh, suppliers, um, other wine, other wineries. In a way, I was quite pleased about that. Other wineries came along in their free time. I said, oh, I'd like to learn more about sake. Not as as a rival, as I think in the past we would have been seen as, but as a sort of, you know, someone who we can work together in, in the same space, in the same restaurants. Um, I'm really just quite interested about it, you know, and uh, ask me all kind of questions, uh, how it's made. And, and then the other kind of people who attended were just the general public, really. Um, there was a lot of the general public came along, obviously big wine fans. And then there were some other professionals who work in Europe. And yeah, so it was a real kind of wide range of different sort of uh, people, really. Mm. I think if you wanted to discover just how much diversity sake has, or if you didn't know how much diversity sake had, I think it was a really, really good opportunity to do that. Well, interesting to hear that your sake highlight was outside of Japan. Mine was mm. inside of Japan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're heading back uh, to the UK, I believe, uh, next week, is it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so another great thing about what made this, perhaps made this more my highlight, which is not so much sake related, is uh, I was able to actually get back to see my family. Uh, and it had been like four years before yeah. since I'd last. I could, there were moments, there were windows during the pandemic. I could have gone back, but it was just too risky. Yeah. You know, and I only have the benefit of hindsight now. I didn't have that back then. But yeah, it was I got to see them and I've not spent Christmas back home in I actually just seriously do not remember the last Christmas I spent with family back home. That's wonderful. Yeah, so great that you you're able to to get back and see family. And wonderful that you'll be spending this Christmas with your family. Well, Chris, thank you so much for dropping in to uh, a little podcast for the first time and for um, talking a little bit about your Sake Highlight for 2023. Keep up the wonderful work that you do. Of course, Sake On Air podcast. You're a WSET educator. Uh, you fly the flag for sake in many different ways, and we could not do TWTT, the project, without you. So we really appreciate you making time for us tonight and having a chat, and we hope you have a safe and happy Christmas. And we actually have another guest who is, of course, the third wheel of the TWTT translation team for 2023. Gosh, that's a lot to say. It's lucky I'm not drunk yet off the shochu that I'm drinking tonight. That is, of course, Harold Derop joining us from Tokyo. Harold, again, is another person very well known amongst the TWTT community. I first met Harold in 2018, I think it was, for John Gortner's SPC Level 1 in Tokyo. We did Level 2 the following year and have stayed in touch ever since. He is in a, in a, in a job that has nothing to do with sake during the day, but when he's not working, he is flying the flag kind of higher and harder than anyone else I know. <laughs> He's, he is an absolute sake advocate dedicated to uh, promoting the craft of sake. Uh, he is a joy to be around. He's a joy to listen to. It's a joy to have as part of this, uh, this project. He's a very, very good friend of mine. Harold, welcome to our podcast for the first time. It's so great that you could join us tonight. Thanks very much, Simone. That's a very nice introduction, and uh, yeah, we've we've had a lot of adventures, the sake adventures together over the years. And of course, this is kind of our our final episode for the for the year, as far as our podcast goes. We've got one more TWTT project uh, session to go, and of course, you will be seeing seeing out the year in your Santa hat, no doubt. <laughs> As, That's the plan. Again, you're That's accustomed plan. to do. Um, so I do. I am looking forward to that. We're, we've got uh, Utsunomiya Shuzo joining us uh, on Monday night. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll get this podcast episode edited before then, but I'll do my mm -hmm. very best. Uh, if not, then we'll be a little bit out of sync. But at the time of recording this, we have one more session to go and and then uh, we all have a little bit of a break. But Anything, Harold, that, that you want to tell us about your year? Are there any moments that kind of stick out 
for you that you'd like to share? Well, of course. I mean, I, I've loved the uh, TWTT episodes that I've been able to do and, and you know, the brewers that I've been able to bring on uh, this year. I, I should have a list of all of them in front of me, but I, I don't. But, uh, you know, that's been that's definitely been one highlight is, you know, because I want to help promote the breweries. And, and I, I really think this is a, a great way to do it. But I, for me, I think also just, you know, I, I've been able to do a bunch of travels uh, within Japan and, and even to some breweries outside of Japan this year. So I think that has really been a, a big highlight for me. Some breweries that I haven't been to this year, I got to, for example, Yamaguchi Prefecture uh, and saw a bunch of breweries there. Uh, I also got to Akita Prefecture uh, later on in in the fall and 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 visited a couple of breweries there. Um, some you know TWTT breweries. Uh, also, I visited uh, Hawaii uh, this year um, and uh, visited uh, the the one uh, Hawaiian brewery there, Islander Sake Brewery. And you know, just all the events that have taken place. It, it's just definitely. So many events going on now. It's it's just it's so much fun, and and you 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 know you see there's less people wearing masks. You know you can have a decent conversation with people, and you know there's less of the table dividers, um, and so forth at the restaurants, and it's just a lot more relaxed atmosphere. It's more fun, and uh, yeah, I, I wish I had the statistics to show you. I, I was interested in myself to figure out how many events I've been to over the year, but <laughs> but maybe it's good I didn't do that calculation. But, but it's been a lot. And, and that's that's what I enjoy. And a bunch of TWTT friends, you know, we've had a lot of get togethers this year. You know, we had one. We had a Boninkai, uh just just the other day. I've decided to take a half day off tomorrow and and, and go visit to uh, Kyoto to go attend the, the Boninkai there uh, in, in the evening and then, you know, come back uh, early uh, the next morning because I've got some meetings in Tokyo <laughs> next morning. It's, but, it's in Osaka. It's in Osaka, Harold. Uh, Osaka. Well, Just, I don't. I don't want you getting on the wrong train. It's in Osaka. Okay. So, I, but I, I thought. I thought it's closer to to go to the. All right. I'll I'll talk with you after. <laughs> I thought the Kyoto. I was told the Kyoto station was closer, but pro, pro, it's close. Yeah, Kyoto is closer. But yeah. No, I just don't want you to go in the wrong area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I have the directions. Okay. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to that. So. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's really great. We've kind of got the, you know, Tokyo group of, of TWTT uh, friends. And, and then we've got we've got a group in, in Kyoto and Kansai area. And, and it's it's fun when when both of those groups can meet. And uh, yeah, among your travels and, and events and whatnot, was there were any highlights of like a, a new sake that uh, stuck out for you this year or maybe something that you even if it was something that you knew before, but like has made a bigger impact on you this year or anything like that i guess you know there was some some if that's really it's really hard to hard to answer that i think there was no particular one you know what i i do love is yeah this year i also went to 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 guma I, you know i spent some time at uh, nagai shuzo they've got a a beautiful new tasting room and what i love there was tasting they've, they've got a lab and and they're making some special sake there so they're really testing and i really love Oh, and, they, you know, they're not the only ones. There are a bunch of other breweries that are, are uh, you know, taking this kind of lab approach. So they're they're taking a small batch and they're and they're doing something funky that they haven't done before. That's out of their normal style. And uh, and they're testing it out, you know. And, and, and so I think that is kind of a trend that I see a kind of, you know, within breweries. And I think that's really cool. I, I really love that. Um, I, I did love the. So I was fortunate to have their first batch from that lab at uh, Nagai Shuzo. And actually, I brought it to the, the TWTT uh, Bonenkai party that we had um, just just the other month. So so other folks can taste it. So I, I think that's kind of fun. I love that. I, I'm also a big fan of Raifugu. So I'm doing this, um, it's called Sake Hash uh, event from the Hash House Harriers, which is a group that was set up of runners who, who they're, they're called... Uh, drinkers with a, a running problem something like that but it so people who in this case it's usually beer that's usually the you know you run and at the goal there's beer but then the sake hash there you run or you walk you just get some exercise and at the end of you know the 6k or whatever there's some sake and and uh 
So those have started up. And so there've been, we've had a couple of those this year. And then I'm, I'm the hair basically leading one of those um, this weekend. Uh, it's going to be at uh, Raifukushuzo. And uh, so that's, that's kind of fun looking forward to that. I love Raifuku sake too. They, they do all, many people know flower yeast. And so it's kind of yeah. a fun Mm -hmm. Okay, and and the shinshu. I mean, I think the shinshu. I love the shinshu. I love it's one of my favorite part of years. The new sake and you know shinshu is all coming out now. You know, it's not only the drink, it's the sake culture. It's the people. It's it, it's you know, it's the whole thing. And and this year, I've got some people come visited from the U.S. More people, and and not only the U.S. Some, you know, all over people start to come to visit. You know, from the U.S. From this friend of mine from from Singapore. Um, another good friend. I'm waiting for him to come from Kuala Lumpur. Our, our good buddy Danny. I'm wishing wishing him to come. Our friend Danny got both Simone and I to go to his his this the Sake Somalia of the Year contest a bunch of years ago, and so yeah. we also that was that was a lot of fun. So yeah, this this year so much going on, so many events, and 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 uh, it's I mean it's hard to keep track of everything. It's it's hard because they're like sometimes they're great events on the same day, and you, you can only do so much, right? So. Um, I don't know how you manage all those. Um, <laughs> you think going? <laughs> it's like you have um, twenty days in a week or something. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's clear listening to this. To, to uh, should be clear listen for everyone listening. Just how much Harold is living his his best sake life right now. <laughs> right? The, if you want, if you want to just know how to have fun, you know how to make the most of your life with sake i don't think there's any better example than harold well that's what it's all about that's why they make it that's why they they slave the brewers slave for hours and absolutely hours. so we can absolutely one we can enjoy the the fruits of their labors right you know yeah, absolutely it's not only the drink it's 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 the culture around it it's 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 because i mean i love there's nothing more i love than sake plus something else like sake plus some type of entertainment or or something a lecture or something where you know it's not it's not just drinking it's it's the people you meet at the event that you talk to discussions you have the, the other you know the, the culture that you hear or, or watch while you're while you're drinking sake it's that's what it is that's sake enhances whatever you pair with it exactly exactly yeah. and not only food of course it enhances not only food the food but it's it's what it's, that's long been my thing as well yeah it, it's, yeah. it doesn't yeah. have to be food it's like for any for any kind of yeah, like sake is not just to be paired with food; it's to be paired with any any kind of experience or any kind of um, atmosphere or activity. It doesn't it doesn't have to be paired with food. Well, I think it definitely enhances Harold's enthusiasm, and I think um, even though this is an audio, not a visual. I mean, look he, looking at him now, he's like a kid in a candy store at Christmas. Like <laughs> just just talking about sake. He's got a glass in his hand, which I'm sure Mucky's going to ask him about, but. He's just, as I mentioned before, you know, by day, nothing to do with sake. Once he once he clocks off, he's all about sake, and and his his enthusiasm is so infectious, and we love him for that, and the brewers love him for that, and it's just so wonderful uh, sharing his a little bit of his his sake journey and and having him as as a a very important and integral part of this this community. Well, I, I I love being a part of this community, and and really, you know, yeah, Simone, thank you, you know, so much for helping to kick this off, and and I mean, everyone plays a part in this community, you know, important part, you know, everyone on this call, and and everyone who attends, you know, each session, and and it's just it's been been so fabulous, and uh, you know, I'm glad we're we're keeping it going. It's it, it's it's probably getting harder now that there's so many other things to do. With, and other events, you know, and stuff to to juggle it. But I think it's it's still so so important and and so fun. I mean, there are always there's still some brewers that you know that I meet for the first time on, on this podcast, and and, uh, and 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 I love that. But I think what I, what I love too is just introducing brewers to a wider audience and their sake, and and this just that makes me so happy. Would you like to introduce to us what's in, what's in your glass tonight? Ah, uh, yeah. So I am drinking a TWTT uh, sake from uh, Hania, and uh, this is an Omachi uh, sake of theirs. And it actually, it says Toyama Kensan Omachi. So it's Omachi that's grown in Toyama Prefecture, which I actually didn't know that they grew that. So so I'm drinking yeah, Toyama Omachi uh, from Hania, and it is fabulous. 
And of course, oh, Hanaya oh, were um they were our the the final uh TW. Correct. TW. They were the Christmas well from yeah, two years 2021, ago. 2021, I think it was. Yeah. And they had their Santa hats on along with you. Um right. <laughs> So we will reprise that Santa moment, the Santa, Sake Santa moment uh, this year. <laughs> and, of course, there is no better Sake Santa than you, my friend, <laughs> Harold. Uh, and on that note, I think we will we will wish you a very happy and safe festive season. We are going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. It's been so much fun uh, sharing some moments from, uh, from all of us, from Julian, Maki, Chris, Harold, and myself. It's been a, a wonderful sake year. Uh, it's it's been an interesting year. Uh, of course, every year has its challenges, um, its ups and its downs. And I and I know uh, personally, many of us have had both ups and downs. But together as a community, some of those more challenging moments have been made easier through the friendships and support amongst this community. And please remember that everybody has something that they're going through that perhaps we don't know enough about. So so please remember, especially over this time of the year, be kind to one another. Festive season can be challenging for many. Uh, for many people, it's the first Christmas without a loved one. So we have you in our minds and in our hearts. I think, seeing as we're all still in the room, let's finish this uh, episode on a group kampai, even though Chris is drinking cocoa, he's letting the team down. <laughs> I'm drinking shochu. Uh, Harold, Maki and Julian are drinking sake. But at the end of the day, it's uh, it's all about the, the connections that we've made through sake. So whether we're drinking it tonight or not, it doesn't matter. So everybody, please take care, stay safe. And from all of us at TWTT, the podcast and the project, have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And to all of you, thank you so much and come by. Come by. Cheers. Bye. Bye.